Coaching is counterintuitive because when we get in some kind of a ministry, a dead uh, deadlock, like something's going on or something's not going on that we want to go on, um, you feel like, well, I need advice. I need someone who's been here that could tell me what to do. That's not totally untrue, but it is not always true. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Sin City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. My name is Jason Phillips, your Columbus CPC. I am joined by the Chad Grigsby. Chad, welcome. Hello, the Jason Phillips. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We have an awesome, awesome guest today. Very awesome guest. Very awesome. He was my coach. Yes. Do you know? Is it Sinesi? Is it Sinesi? Is that how you say it? Sinesi? How do you say it? Sinesi. Sinesi. He sound like A's. Yeah, that makes sense. You should have known better. I, you're right. I should have known, but I think I did know that. But then I was, as soon as I started as soon as it saying came out of your mouth, it, I was like, like, am I going to, mm. am I saying, have I been saying this wrong the whole time? So thank you for, uh, I, I moved to Ohio when I was 38. Okay. And it was the first time in my adult life that I heard somebody say my name correctly. Oh, really? Wow. And it, and it was so different. Like, I don't have a bad attitude about it. I do have bad attitudes, but I don't have a bad attitude about that because it, it is hard. I have a hard time pronouncing people's names. Yeah, but, it's uh, Italian, right? Yes, it's okay. Italian. My grandfather came over Ellis Island in 1929. And oh, wow. so, uh, yeah, and I never met him. He died when my dad was eight. Okay, and wow. So, uh, Giuseppe Sinesi came hey. from Italy to Giuseppe. Okay, so I found this out. It's on TikTok, so that's not a verifiable fact. But I found out that if you have a great grandparent or younger, so grandparent, father, whatever, you can apply for dual citizenship in Italy. If your grandparent is from, yeah, is from Italy. So my great grandma is from Italy. So I was thinking maybe I need to look into this a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. Kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, and and it was on TikTok. So you said it was not verifiable. I've always heard it is verified yeah. when it's on TikTok. Oh, yeah, Everything you're right. on the internet is true. Yes, so. especially yeah. TikTok, which was an app designed <laughs> to dance and do other strange things. Yes. Anyways, all right. Well, uh, Dino, tell us a little bit about you and uh, just kind of how you got uh, into your role at NAM. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I'm of age now, so you don't want me, me to tell you the whole story. Like from <laughs> when my grandfather came over. There's a lot more years until I was born, but we won't yes. go there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So um, I did spend some years in Ohio, as I said, 1998 to 2002 in Cincinnati. I have a lot of good friends in that area. Loved Ohio. And they did say my name correctly. And that's one reason I loved it. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, so I was a educational director of missions there when we had them and I was actually partially funded by NAM back in the older days, uh, but uh, moved to South Carolina from there and was a part of the South Carolina Baptist convention uh, mm. as a director of church multiplication for seven years. It was a pastor way back uh, in back when you guys were not even born uh, in new Orleans for 12 years. What, what, um, what years did try me? Okay. Uh, was started in 1986. I was six years old. Oh, really? Yeah, Chad's, Chad's a lot older than he looks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know what you use, but send me some. (laughs) (laughs) It was having the kids uh, later in life. I'm pretty sure. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So yeah, 1986 to 98, I was a pastor in New Orleans. It's a great experience. I just went back there a couple months ago too. How about that? And so, um, when uh, in 2013 is when I started with a, a NAM, and it was NAM. There was no Sin Network mm-hmm. then. Uh, if you could believe that, there was no Sin Crazy. Network then. Yeah. Uh, but Jeff Christofferson called me cold uh, in uh, the end of 212, and was dreaming about these church planting systems. And it wasn't just coaching, but he knew he needed to go forward on coaching, and. Um, uh, and it was a it was a cold call from Jeff. I knew who Jeff was uh, by reputation. I'd never met him. So when he when I first picked up my cell phone, here's a guy who says he's Jeff Christopherson that had my cell phone number. I thought it was a prank. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's not Jeff Christopherson. But but he talked me into it, and um, it, it was a great opportunity. He he cast a vision for uh, having uh, uh, every church planter in North America to have a coach. Mm. And uh, so it was, it was compelling. It was surprising. Uh, and after a little bit of back and forth, uh, so God, God confirmed with all of us that that's what I was supposed to do. Uh, I know that everybody always says, uh, like, uh, I wasn't looking for this. You know, it just came and ambushed me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so uh, this, this really did come. But I, I have said many times, had I known the position was available, I would have camped out on the front step in Alpharetta until at least somebody <laughs> gave me an interview because it was yeah. it's an incredible opportunity for someone with a coaching background to get a chance to scale uh, throughout North America, United States and Canada, scale coaching systems for planters. So that's really how I got on board. Uh, and uh, thank God for it. It was it was miraculous. Uh, and again, yes, once I heard about it, I did want it. Thankfully, I didn't have to go as low as to camping out on front. <laughs> That's awesome. So your role is director of missionary leadership and coaching. Uh, so it's, so coaching is a part of your role or has it changed? Do you know? Yeah, it's changed. Oh, it's changed. Yeah. Okay. yeah I, I used to feel like I, I was now doing the same thing for seven years. I'm going, what's wrong with me? They, they really just think uh, I can't do that. <laughs> so what they is it now? Gotten, yeah, they must've gotten the rumor because it started changing very quickly. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, so that that was for seven years okay. that I worked with a team, great team. Jamie Lamato was one of them, just incredible, incredible coach, planter background. Uh, Eddie Hancock, uh, Wes Cuttington, who, who's now in heaven, uh, just incredible mm. leader, and a lot of city leaders. Mm. Um, that was the thrill, is to be able to work with the best of the best, like Adam Purcell. Uh, yeah. You know him. Oh yeah. And and uh, so and. And so it's it's it was really incredible journey. Switched right around the pandemic. It was not caused by the pandemic. It was caused by a major philosophical and strategic shift by NAM to try to put more responsibility on local churches through uh, residencies and to let us truly be more local church driven, which is mm. both biblical and Southern Baptist, which is very convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. so uh, so that was a move to do that. Uh, at that point, I worked on resource library a little bit, but I started doing a little coaching, and then it moved over to missionary coaching and leadership. Most of the time, I'm coaching plan- uh, coaching missionaries. I'm sorry, I started to say planners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and uh, that would include SCM, a CPC, 
or a church planting leader, Sin City Missionary SCF. Um, yeah. And so I started doing that. And over two years, I've had hundreds of conversations with, with church planting leader type people. And it's just a thrill of my heart to be able to serve in that way, to be an internal resource. It's not a boss. It's not a double agent. That's not a, you know, your boss can be your boss and I can be your advocate to help you grow and, and, and to grow spiritually and to grow as a missionary. And so, which is, I guess, synonymous, it should be. Uh, so, so that's, so it's not just coaching though. We work on helping missionaries develop skills. We do a lot of virtual things. We pilot a lot of virtual things. Uh, and, uh, and that's fun too. I really enjoy that. It really comes down to what we do in most of those groups is group coaching, mm. uh, you know, experienced leaders, uh, they get a lot, they have a lot of resources where people are directing them or telling their story, which might influence uh, a way someone approaches their work or their kingdom assignment. Uh, and so we, we feel like you get seasoned leaders that comes, they come to the table and there is a well of wisdom inside of them. The best thing to do with seasoned leaders is let them talk to each other. They learn an incredible amount. So we have to ask the right questions. And then excuse ourselves from the conversation. Yeah, it's the uh, the the smartest uh, voice or best voice isn't in the room; it is the room. That whole idea, right? Oh, that's good. I've never heard it that way. That's oh. great. That's, that's a chat you, original. No, I thought, <laughs> I thought you coined that term or somebody at Nam. So, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. you you've literally written the book on coaching, right? You've written a book on coaching. You 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 you've been doing it for for a while. How did you get into it though? How did you get into yeah. coaching? Yeah. So in 2002, when I became the uh, church multiplication director of the South Carolina Baptist Convention, I'd been engaged in church planning on, on a lot of different levels, except the level that has the most street cred, and that's I had not planted. So, um, so I realized that I was over my head. And I saw an advertisement, and it, I don't think it's even on the internet. I think it was a paper advertisement from a guy named Bob Logan. And, and uh, Bob Logan was offering executive coaching. Now, at that time, Bob Logan was the church planting voice in North America. He was the church planting voice and had been. One reason why is he was the only church planting voice that had a really high platform. There were others but he had, everybody knew Bob Logan at that point. In fact, a lot of what influences church planter training now is some of the things that Bob Logan originated, mission and vision and values and those type of things, putting those things together. Um, that, that was Bob, even systems, that was, that was Bob. So for me, I had no quote coaching IQ. So it's like, I have no planting IQ either, except for supporting planters on a high level. So I said, hey, I'm going to get this guy, Bob, and he's going to tell me everything I need to know. And that was honestly the strategy. He gave me a coaching agreement, and I, um, I didn't read it because I was too busy. I was too important. So I just signed it. <laughs> and I mean, I might have skimmed over it, but it didn't look any different to me. Bob Logan's my executive coach. He's going to tell me everything I need to know. Well, little did I know that's not what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. So he did a lot of asking and listening. Uh, he did a lot of, uh, of uh, asking second level and third level questions. And he started asking for things like action plans and deadlines. 
And at first it was really confusing to me. I never felt cheated because I'm getting these conversations with this church planning celebrity, but it was a little confusing to me. I could remember after the first conversation to Jason, um, uh, Bob would come back and say, hey, uh, hey, you made some action plans from our last meeting. How did you do? And it's like, mm, I don't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, well, you, well, you gave... You said you were going to do this and this by this date, and it was we we were only meeting once a month. So how did it go? And I went, oh, that was like my first revelation. Like you're actually supposed to do things as a result of what you say you're going to do. Mm. And and I was really that far behind. I, I mean, I, I guess it sounds like I'm trying to be funny, but that's what I remember feeling. It's like, oh, you mean you actually make commitments and you're accountable to follow through on them? That's really mm. cool. Mm. Uh, so I had to learn how to do that. So you and, learned uh, so by coaching, of coaching, by getting coached. That was kind of your yes, first entry. And it's it. kind of like hair club for men. You know? <laughs> I, I started that now I'm also and, a client. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so, so, uh, so that's, that's me. I was a customer and uh, God literally changed the trajectory of my life in ministry. Wow. Because of that. Wow. It was, there was transformational things that God started doing. So yeah, did we talk about perfunctory, practical, how do you do this and how do you do that? How are you going to do this? Of course we did, but it gave space for the Holy Spirit to really put fresh wind and fresh fire in my soul. God was working much more on me than he was working in me. And so there was, there was yes, it's in, but there was on, there was something bigger that was going on. And it was much bigger than South Carolina Baptist Convention and church planning and church planning knowledge systems. And this relationship that lasted for two years um, gave space for God to do something much deeper than figuring out what I'm going to do next and when I'm going to do it. Mm. Well, I feel like that kind of answers one of our questions, which is why do you believe coaching is so valuable? I feel like you kind of answered that. Do you have any other thoughts about that? Like what the value of coaching is for church planners? Yeah, that's, that's great. It, coaching, if you were like me in, in 2003, coaching is counterintuitive because when we get in some kind of a ministry, a dead, uh, deadlock, like something's going on or something's not going on that we want to go on, um, you feel like, well, I need advice. Mm -hmm. I need someone who's been here that can tell me what to do. Hmm. That's not totally untrue, but it is not always true. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and sometimes we become, and Matt Flake's the first guy I heard say this, but sometimes we become advice addicts. Mm. All we're doing is spending our time on the phone calling the planter down the street or calling the planter across the country or, or calling the celebrity planter and saying, hey, I'm stuck, what do I do? And that really doesn't help me grow uh, it helps me have lots of phone numbers in my cell phone, uh, <laughs> but it, it doesn't always help me grow. Uh, you know, when, when am I going to learn to figure things out? And even the other part, coaching provides sacred space to hear God. Because although it wasn't inherent in what we were doing, it's what God started doing when he got through some layers of 
I was going to say stupidity, but I don't want to say that. On the podcast. So layers <laughs> totally of, of uh, totally inexperience. There that you sounds go. Much there you go. <laughs> and he had to work through layers of inexperience to realize that really I was the I was the person with the leadership problem. The person I was having a hard time leading was myself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so there, there, there we are stuck. And and um, and what I came out of long term. It started a process uh, where I learned a little bit more about self-awareness, emotional intelligence, that I was blowing up rooms that I really didn't think I was blowing up because I thought it was everybody else's fault. Uh, all of these kind of things, um, you know, and so I needed space. You may not be like I was back then. I'm not saying you were the train wreck I was in 2003, but I am saying sacred space, reflection space, where you're doing all the talking is very rare in the life of a leader. He just doesn't have time for it. He needs answers quick, 1-800 this, 1-800 that. And so coaching provides that space, that reflection space. Yeah, I think, I think there's nothing more powerful in learning than when you, when you come to a realization on your own. Mm-hmm. Now, when someone leads you to that or someone, you know, there's always someone involved. There's a guide, right? But but it's, 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 you can tell somebody something all day, but when they realize something, oh, it's 10, 10 times more powerful, right. For their life, or maybe even more than 10 times powerful. More powerful. Well, and when you, and when you think about, uh, first of all, we're made in the image of God. Yeah. Second of all, when we come to a point of recognizing our sin, repenting and follow Jesus, then the Holy spirit comes into somebody who's already made in the image of God to begin with. Sometimes we're ignoring some obvious things and stepping past some obvious things to get to something that might sound more sophisticated and cooler. Mm. Um, I've said it this way. Uh, people I coach, uh, they will get more out of a mediocre idea because it came from them than they will if I were to insert an idea, which I think would be great and fantastic. They won't get a thing out of that. Yeah, it's all good. about hearing. It's all about uh, implementing and trusting the Holy Spirit to do what Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would do, lead you to all truth. Mm. And bring to mind whatsoever I've commanded you. I'm sorry I went King James on you right there, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. King, even King Jimmy's welcome in the podcast. Yeah, yeah well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we both have been coached, um, which I think – for Chad, it was a really beneficial experience. For me, it wasn't that great. Uh, <laughs> who was your coach? Jason, it was definitely wasn't Dino, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I think for both of us, it was super beneficial. Can you speak to um, what the difference is between um, receiving coaching and then other types of mentorship and discipleship that maybe pastors, planters have experienced? Yeah, that's a common question, and it's a really good one because it it – does get confusing at times. Most of the time, coaching is defined by the person who is your coach. And so mm. it could be a lot of different things. So I'll, I'll give you a few examples. I'll give you a few examples of different ministry tools in the toolbox that's incredibly valuable. It also can um, uh, eradicate the idea that coach guys think they're the only, only job in town. Because uh, I, I really don't believe that. But as I give you some of these tools, what you'll see is there's usually more access to the other tools. Mm. 
they're just as important as coaching. Usually coaching is the tool you have the least access to. Mm. So yeah, we coaching evangelists sound a little bit obsessive uh, <laughs> because we're training to one thing and most of your guys, well, not most of, not all of you guys on your original coaching team, they'd all experienced this on the receiving end. So, so they were very passionate about it. We would try to check each other and say, let's not sound like we're coaching Pharisees. It's like, you're not coaching. You give anybody advice, you must be weird. You know, no, you have people that you need to give advice to. So uh, real quick, uh, coaching is different from an, a counselor. I've been to counselors. Next time I go to one, in fact, will be Monday. I value counseling on a high level. Uh, but coaching is different from counseling. Uh, mm -hmm. A counselor is more like an emergency room doctor. You have to either do something to yourself or have something done to you before you go. Mm -hmm. So I remember stabbing myself in the hand once trying to peel a frozen banana. Uh, I did something to myself. I needed an emergency room doctor to fix that. Uh, so that's that's uh, uh, what we say. A counselor, but a counselor's different coaching. Counselor's critical, but it's counselor's different coaching. Advisor or consultant uh, is another thing that we need. It's a tool. It's a ministry tool. As a counselor's a ministry tool, that is similar to what we say to an auto mechanic. An auto mechanic owns a car. An auto mechanic spends his life fixing cars, and he is likely been trained on a high level to fix cars. So how priceless when your car breaks, unless you're an auto mechanic yourself, is to have a genius come. And when you find a good one, they're priceless. Mm. They're all not good. All coaches are not good. All counselors are not good. But uh, you found, find a real uh, advisor consultant or what we say like an auto mechanic, then you find somebody who's probably done what you've done and uh, has helped other people figure out how to do what you've done and who's been trained in how to help people figure out those things. So that's, that's the advisor, school teacher, uh, old school librarian, old school, not anything you've experienced. The computer has kind of marginalized this wonderful lady with the glasses on the stick and the little sweater <laughs> vest that was back in my high school. Uh, I know you weren't born then 1977, 76, 75. Correct. Correct. Uh, Miss Alma, A-L-M-A. <laughs> she had a bad attitude. She didn't like kids who talked in the library. But if you ask her, where is something? I need information on this. No. You didn't have to go to the card catalog as long as Miss Elma was working the day that you needed her. Uh, she, she knew where to send you to get what you wanted. We need people like that. Uh, so uh, that's, a, that's a school teacher. Uh, then uh, you have... A mentor, which you ask about mentoring, and a mentor is a, like a personal trainer. Uh, a mentor is someone who uh, looks good in spandex, <laughs> right? and they hang Not out. I. The <laughs> they they hang out at the gym you uh. go to. Uh, they look good in spandex. <laughs> they tell you how to do something. They also uh, show you how to do something. Hmm. So like, and, and I think that mentor, Jason, you asked about it. I think mentor disciplers, pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, how's a discipleship, you know, how's discipleship, a, a, a discipler tells you and shows you, and obviously they have followed Jesus for a while. 
And so a, a mentor, everybody needs a mentor. I have a mentor who came into my life in 1982. He is now still there. So 40 plus years. Mm. I would still call him tomorrow if I'm in a jam, if I'm sad, if I'm sick, or if I've jammed something into my hand. I want to call him. And uh, his name's Ray. He lives in San Antonio. And I love Ray deeply. Uh, so mentor, discipler. Um, the the uh, the co a coach we say is different. A coach is like a taxi driver. Uh, a coach says he pulls up to your doorstep, or an Uber driver he pulls up to your doorstep and says, "Where do you need to go?" Mm-hmm. And he helps you get where you know you need to go, where you want to go, or where you don't want to go. He helps you all of all of the above, and so that's how coaching is different. You see, all these things are are incredible and you could all both of you could name guys who've helped you in all these other areas and even women who've helped you in all these other areas um, uh, coaching is the most scarce the access to real coaching is usually the hardest to find and sometimes when you find it you can't afford it so hmm. that's good that's no really yeah good. i was i i was super i made a joke but i really was very very grateful for my time that i got to be coached by you and um one of the things that i really personally took away from it was um just being able to have somebody help me think through specifically hard conversations i knew that i needed to have um that i didn't want to have um was super beneficial to me and something that uh, i still um, am working on but i've been able to um learn how to be maybe more prepared for those kinds of conversations. And I'm not as likely to like drag my feet, um, to do that because I found a lot of freedom in being able to talk through that. What do I need to do? How am I going to do it? What am I going to do it by? And then just go get it done instead of waiting, you know, forever or never doing it, uh, to get that done. So that was, that was super awesome and beneficial for me. And I'm, I'm grateful. That well, I, and I think that, and I appreciate that story. I think that, uh, realizing uh, our responsibility and things is so critically important and uh, having those moments where it's like, and there's, and there's safe places, you know, a coach is like a counselor and that it's confidential conversations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the coach is not a double agent or he shouldn't be. If he is, he should be fired. Uh, He's not reporting back to someone else what's going on in the coaching conversation. That gives you some safe space. I always talk about the dry erase board, you know, Hey, let's have a conversation and we're just working on a dry erase board right here. No pressure. Just let's, let's get some thoughts out and then see what we have. And so, uh, yeah, I love that. I love what you said. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a few minutes left. Um, and so I wanted to hit on these last two questions. Um, so our podcast is mostly planters and ministry leaders in Ohio, specifically Columbus, but you know, we've been going to some, other name stuff and people are like, Oh, I listened to the St. Columbus podcast. And I'm like, really cool. Um, but, (laughs) um, what would you, um, say, or how would you encourage somebody, um, a church planter otherwise that is currently in a coaching relationship being coached, uh, to get the most out of that experience? Yeah. Good question. I think some basics, some one-on-ones on how to get the most out of coaching is, be committed to the process. Uh, it's a different process. It's a long walk versus a short walk. It's not a one-off. So it involves a time commitment that most leaders, not just planters, most leaders think, I don't have time. Mm. So be committed, 
make appointments, keep the appointments, and you'll see what difference it makes. A half-hearted commitment to coaching and the coaching process particularly is going to lead to no results. And, and you'll say, well, that was the dumbest thing I ever did was have a coach. When, when in reality, you don't have to have a fantastic coach if the process is clear and you mm -hmm. meet consistently. So that would be my first advice. It's good. It's really good. Uh, what about uh, for those who maybe planters who finish their coaching with Send Network, what would you encourage them to do as kind of a next step to continue the coaching process? Yeah. Um, I think that a couple of things. First, find a peer coach. Uh, that's someone who's also been coached in a similar way and meet with them. And I highly recommend virtual coaching. You may think you are close enough, you're 30 or 45 minutes apart in a city, you really don't have time to go across town. Mm. Uh, we never do. That's why virtual coaching works so well for, for NAM. If I were in the same city, I, I try to do virtual because it's much more time efficient and it's not a mixed purpose kind of meeting. It's, it's, a, it's a business meeting. And I always tell guys, you know, this is a business meeting. Don't be in a loud place. Don't be in the kind of place where you can do work. We're going to spend an hour doing work. And so uh, I think that um, being able to uh, find someone, just practice asking and listening, even if it's an hour, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, uh, and practice listening. And then use it as an accountability platform to say, okay, I'm going to take these three steps as a result of our conversation today. And I'm going to take them by this time. And next time we talk, I'll be accountable to you for execution. Peer coaching, self-coaching. And I have something, if you have some show notes, I have something I could give you seven steps to becoming a DIY coach to do it yourself. Uh, I've done some virtual uh, meetings about DIY coaching because guys kept asking me at the end of the coaching process, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And it's like, well, and, and some would say, I think I need to learn to coach myself. Hmm. So uh, be glad to put, give that to you guys and, and use it. Just to yeah. inspire some of your best creativity and say, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that once a month I'm spending time on my calendar where I'm going to step away from my computer. I'm going to ask myself key questions on a poster or a dry race. I'm going to answer those key questions. And I'm going to give myself some action steps. So that's another thing that could be done. And if you've had a coach over a season, you're a church planter. Let me tell you, you need to become a coach. Mm, that's good you've had a good coach you've learned and there's some virtual training available through a sin network that could help sharpen but man you need to be a coach it for me it's like i didn't even think about being a coach till about six months to a year when i was in it and i realized you know i could help people this way better mm -hmm. than, than what i'm trying to help people now yeah so i say be a coach a planter needs you your your experience will help you be better at coaching but it not, it's not necessarily because you're going to turn into a mentor. It's You're going to be more compassionate. You're going to be more empathetic because you know what he's talking about when he says X, Y, Z, I'm in this jam, I'm in that jam. This is not working. That's not working. And thanks so much, Dino. Uh, really appreciate your time. If, if guys want to check out your book, where's the best place to get that? Amazon. Amazon.com. There, there's only 7 million. Uh, no, okay. there's more than that. What's the number of books on Amazon now? 
I couldn't tell you. Millions, like McDonald's, millions and millions and billions. So anybody that writes a book now, you have to have such an ego because you realize that there's, there's that many millions and millions of digital books. But this one, this one's going to be it. It's and it's called the, the Sending Coach. Is that correct? Sending well. Sending well. Yeah. I'm Phil, sorry. Phil sending got a well. great church planner yeah. coaching. Sorry about that. All right. Sending well. Yep. On Amazon. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time today, man. Yeah. That, go ahead and send us that thing and we'll put it in the show notes and that would be awesome. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that. I appreciate both of you guys. You're doing a great job and appreciate the way that you guys have leaned into coaching and benefited from coaching. And so mm-hmm. if anybody wants to ask on the user, on the receivers end, ask these guys because they, yeah. they would tell you how coaches help them. Yeah, and would love to connect any anybody out there who's listening to to a good coach or, you know, any way we can help. So appreciate it, Dino, so much. Thanks, Dino. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.